The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host, for the show that defends public health by simplifying and demystifying how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into freedom, a healthy gut, and staying young, this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. Another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got Karen Martell. Um, we're going to be talking uh, about hormones, things uh, these well, both men and women have, but this is more of a woman's-focused uh, deal tonight. And guess what, guys? Women affect us, so we want to make sure that our women are healthy and happy and feeling good, so this could be a good lesson for the guys, too, because I know there's a special woman in your life, whether it's your significant other, you have a mom or a sister. Um, probably, statistically, you got somebody that's dealing with this, and we're trying to uncover. You know, I had actually on Dr. Elizabeth Plords, and we talked about, you know, hormones and, and uh, uh, um, ovary removal and hysterectomies and stuff, so this is kind of a follow-up to that from a health coach's standpoint. And today in the house, we have Karen Martell. Karen, thank you for being here. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And yes, men, listen up because you want to hear this. We're going to talk about sex drive. So, you know, let your, open your ears up because <laughs> it's something that really affects the man as well as the woman, right? And we want to know what the heck is happening to your women during this time and what you can do about it and what they can do about it. Yeah. So before we dive into this and stick around, cause we're going to go into like the problems women are facing today that actually, you know, cascades down to us guys. And then also, um, cause we're all connected and then, and we're going to get in the end, we're going to get to some of the day-to-day -day solutions Karen's been using with her coaching clients. Hopefully, um, you know, just kind of open, shed some light on this for you and give you some, uh, some other pathways to take some options you can do to, you know, kind of get the ship righted. So, Karen, so how did you um, get into all this? Uh, how did you become a hormone coach and, and, and you're helping women with their hormones? Um, well, my story started after the birth of my daughter when I was in my early 30s. And after I had her, everything went back to normal, was feeling really good. And then suddenly, you know, about a year and a half into it, I developed all of these ish health issues, just literally out of nowhere. It was like overnight suddenly I couldn't sleep anymore. My digestive system went haywire. I was getting really, really bad PMS, menstrual migraines that would last 10 days at a time. And the worst part of it for me at the time was that I was gaining weight and I hadn't changed anything in my diet or in my lifestyle. I was always a healthy eater. And I just suddenly started to pack on weight and I was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I was doing everything that, you know, social media would tell me to do. And I was trying every diet under the sun. And I got myself the personal trainer and started doing CrossFit five days a week and was probably in the best shape of my life. And I only got fatter. And I was, it was like six months into this, I was suffering so immensely. I went to my doctor, I was given an antidepressant and sleeping pills. Nobody was there to help me. I tried every other diet. And finally I was like, I think it's my hormones because so much was around the menstrual cycle that was happening. So I went to a friend of mine who was a naturopath and I said, could you test my hormones for me? You know, I'm 33 at the time. He's like, yeah, let's do it. I did what's called a saliva hormone test. 
and found out that my estrogen was really high. I had no progesterone and my cortisol and my DHEA, which are adrenal hormones were really low. So I was in what's called adrenal insufficiency. I was tanked. Like my energy levels were tanked. My system was tanked. So I was doing everything wrong according to what the hormone profile was telling me, which was I was over-exercising. I was starving myself. I was super stressed out. I wasn't sleeping. And there I was doing everything wrong for what my hormone profile said. And I, I had to completely change everything that I was doing. I quit working out. I started doing yoga. I started, you know, getting more help. I fixed my, well, you didn't quit working out. You just changed what you were, your type of workout, the type of workout. Yeah. I I was, I went with what my hormones told me to do, which was I had to do things that were going to be filling me up, not raising cortisol, not stressing my system out. And I came out of that. Like it was a long time. It's still, I didn't, didn't, the weight didn't drop off and all these problems didn't disappear. It took a while. It was probably a year to two years. And, you know, the weight slowly started to come off and I started, you know, started to reverse all these problems. And, you know, I later found out I had a thyroid issue. So I had to deal with that, but I came out of it going, I can't be the only one that is going through this, that is doing everything right. That's eating right. That's exercising and yet is just getting fatter. And I just kind of decided from then going forward, I was like, that's it. I think I have, this is what I have to do with my life. And I was doing a different career at the time. And so I slowly went into nutrition and then I got into the hormones and I became a certified hormone specialist and started working with women that are going through perimenopause to menopause that are doing all these things right. And they're not getting better and they're not feeling well and they can't, you know, they're not being able to exercise or diet their way out of the weight gain or any of the other health problems that they're having. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really cool. So it's, you're similar to me, just had your own challenges, you overcame them and you're like, wait a minute, I got to tell people about this. Yeah. Right. And then you, you built um, a career around it and now you've been helping other people. Yes. All right. So, um, you're, you were 33, you did your saliva test. You found out what was off your hormones, your adrenal glands and all this stuff. You started, you, you went to more of a gentle exercise. You went to yoga. What are some other of the strategies that you did? Um, or did you do any more testing? At that time, I didn't later down the road, I certainly did. And I did a lot more testing and found out I had a lot of heavy metals. And so I think that that was something that triggered a lot of what happened to me because of the pregnancy. And we, we carry and store heavy metals in the organs and we store them in our bones, lead specifically. And when you're pregnant, your bones soften. And now this is just theory. I can't prove this at all, but you know, I think a lot of lead came out into my bloodstream and probably started to mess with my hormones because we know that heavy metals do affect hormones and they can occupy the receptor sites and act like hormones. So I think that that was a big piece of my puzzle. I also had a, what's called a high reverse T3. So my body was in this like preservation mode with my metabolism. So I had to you know, testing was what gave me the answers to a lot of this. And I think that 
we really do need to test and not guess when it comes to our health and these problems that we're having, especially if you're trying to lose weight, doing everything right. And it's not happening. That's a big sign that there's something deeper going on. So the testing really did show me a lot. And so I've been doing chelation, heavy metal chelation, uh, cleaned up my environment just out of like with the xenoestrogens in the environment. We're extremely toxic right now and women are being hit extremely hard. So are men, but because women are more hormonal and we have a lot more fluctuations in our hormones and because we're very estrogen driven, the xenoestrogens in our environment are much stronger than our own estrogen. So they will also occupy what's called the receptor site, which just means it's, that's what your body's using instead of your own estrogen. It's using this very toxic estrogen. So cleaning up the environment was a big one for me. I had to get rid of all synthetic smells. I had to go to all organic foods and meats and clean, just clean everything up. And that was huge. Um, did the yoga started to ask for more help in my life because I was a single mom, you know, was obviously stressed out. I was running my own business at the time then too. So, um, getting help with what I needed, taking the right supplements to support the adrenal system. I took progesterone cream for a little bit, um, but didn't have to take it for too long before things kind of went back to normal again on that end of things. But it was the, the healing of the adrenal system took a while. Okay. And that was, you know, a good year before I think I started to kind of pull out of that. Yeah. And just clarification for the listener, she brought up a term xenotoxin. So basically that's a microplastic. Okay. And, you know, Aaron Brockovich did a good job bringing BPA to light. Unfortunately, that's a xenotoxin. And a lot of people know BPA is not good. And um, so they try to stay away from that. And they're looking on the bottle like, oh, this is BPA free. But if it's a plastic bottle, guess what? They have BPB, BPC, BPD, EFG, HIJK, Elemental P. So they have 37 of them right behind it. So they lose those big companies. They lose a little lawsuit. Okay. And they just roll right into the next xenotoxin. So these microplastics are so pervasive today. They're, they're literally in almost all the water. And they're yeah. in such high amounts that it's taking fish and turning them into hermaphrodites and amphibians. So they're developing both male and female organs. So what does that have to do with us? Well, we're in the same damn world. We have we breathe in the same air and the water these fish and these amphibians are exposed to. And it's for women, I mean, it's really disrupting your hormonal balance big time. Yeah. So this big can time. lead to, you know, you know, more facial hair growth. This can lead to, you know, ovarian cyst and uterine cyst and breast cancer. And for guys, hey, you want a set of man boobs? How does that sound? Well, these xenotoxins are are are, are helping you out with that. So that, that way, you know, then you have to go to like Seinfeld and where, you know, Kramer and George's dad are going to fight over it, whether it's the man's ear or the bro, you know, the, the man's bra, but you don't want to have to wear one of those. Like, you don't, guys, we don't need breasts when we get older. Well, xenotoxins are doing that. And also soy, I would say soy products. We get people off of all soy products because these also have these estrogen mimickers in them. And we got enough going on in this crazy world we live in with these fake estrogens, xenotoxins. We don't need it in our food with like soy products and tofu and stuff like that. So I think it's a, you know, if somebody was like trying to get off of some toxic, terrible nitrate, nitrite meat or something, and they went to tofu first. Okay. But eventually get off of that. Right. Because again, prostate issues, guys, man, boobs, and for women, all the other stuff I just mentioned. So, um, xenotoxins are a problem. Um, and that's why Karen over here, we're talking at chemical free body. We bring awareness to this and try to get people to stop putting that crap in and then use, 
you know, certain things to chelate them out, whether it's infrared saunas, getting your water dialed in, uh, supplements like our toxin detox product and things like this to get um, these xenotoxins, these estrogens down. Okay, well, yeah. cool. So I think what we'll do right now is we'll take a quick break and we get back, we're going to kind of get into like some of the challenges that women are facing today, perimenopause and menopause in that, in that realm and what Karen's experienced um, as a coach in that, um, in that arena. We'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to roll right into the next one? You bet. <laughs> All right, here we go. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my uh, my host, or not my host. I'm back with my guest. I'm the host, Karen Martell, and we're talking about hormones and xenotoxins and you know perimenopause and menopause. So you've been doing this for a while. You did it with yourself. You did. You believe in testing. I, I think it's a good idea. Um, I think there's ways around it with, with nature, but I think testing is a really good thing. Cause then you can get pretty clear as long yeah. as the tests themselves aren't detrimental, like, you know, mammograms or something like that. No. Um, you know, finding something else like a therm thermography would be a very smart choice rather than a mammogram, yep. but, um, you know, let's just focus on this hormonal stuff. So what are, what are kind of the issues just so women, if they're sitting there going, they can relate like, oh yeah, I've got that. I've got that. So perimenopause and menopause, what are, what are, what are, what are, what are the symptoms? What are, how, what are women feeling and what are they mm -hmm. living with? What's their quality of life when they have this going on? Yeah. Most women don't know that it, perimenopause actually happens. Typically now it's getting earlier and earlier, but it's typically happening around your late thirties. Some women it's even 35. And maybe and you can just, I know it's kind of obvious, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but you can just give the definition of perimenopause. So people are clear on that. Yeah. So it's perimenopause. There's guys listening too. What's that? <laughs> It's perimenopause. Yeah, perimenopause. Not, yeah, perimenopause is the time before menopause. So right. menopause is one technically one year without a menstrual cycle is then you are now menopausal, which is really stupid. They just came up with the one year thing for just who knows why. They, it was for no purpose. It was just, okay, one year without a period. Okay, now you're in menopause. So peri is the time leading up to that. And that can last anywhere from like, typically it lasts anywhere from 10 to 12 years. Most women don't know that. So it's starting in your late thirties, typically starts by showing up with maybe a couple pounds of weight gain out of nowhere. Can't, you know, you didn't change anything and you're like, oh, I suddenly gained five pounds. Uh, heavier menstrual cycles, more cramping, more PMS, more insomnia. Those are the first symptoms that we tend to see. And this is because we start to lose progesterone. So that's the first hormone that typically starts to go because you would start to age, you stop ovulating as much. And when you don't ovulate, you can't produce progesterone. So progesterone is typically produced from the halfway point when you ovulate on day 14 of your cycle, if you're a 28 day cycle, and then you're supposed to have that progesterone as this nice little buffer till you get your period. So that second half of your cycle starts to get a little more intense because you're not producing that nice calming progesterone. Progesterone is excellent 
as an anti-anxiety. It reacts on the GABA receptors in your brain. So it helps you to sleep at nighttime and helps you get to sleep. It can act as a diuretic and it also helps to boost your metabolism. Women will see that if they're taking their basal body temperature throughout the month, they'll see that their basal body temperature goes up after ovulation. And that's because of that progesterone. So without it, you, you don't have as good of a metabolism. So we see this progesterone typically dropping by about 75% when you're in your 40s. So this isn't with everyone. Some women get it earlier, some women get it later, but this is what's on average. We're gonna see that the progesterone really starts to plummet when you're in your 40s. Estrogen, on the other hand, does this wild ride through your 40s. It's going to go up some months and then it's going to come crashing down. And so you're going to have this like up and down happening. And that's going to happen at different times for different people. But is typically when you start to go into your later 40s, you'll start to drop that estrogen starts to go down. And when we see estrogen going down, then we get a whole different set of symptoms happening because estrogen is like the mother of all hormones. It really has a bad rap because of all the xenoestrogens that are in our environment. So people, all women think they have estrogen dominance. They all think that it's going to give them breast cancer. They think it's this terrible hormone that's making them fat when it's typically actually xenoestrogen dominance that's making women fat and having a lot of these estrogenic like symptoms is because of these xenoestrogens. Some women truly do have too much estrogen that can absolutely happen, but not everybody like, and, and really everybody thinks they have it. <laughs> so if, if a woman does have course. naturally, if, if a woman does have too much estrogen, what, what is the ramifications of that? So too much estrogen can make you gain weight. It can make you very inflamed. It can make you moody. It can make you very, um, met like your menstrual cycle become, becomes very heavy. You get lots of cramping, um, lots of blood clots. It's, it can be really bad for some women where it can ovarian cysts. It can drive endometriosis. It can drive breast cancer if you have it. Um, because estrogen is a growth hormone. So if you're sending out these too many growth signals, you're going to have an overgrowth of the uterine lining. You're going to have an overgrowth of breast tissue. So it's not good. It just so, so doesn't what, happen very much. So what you're saying though, is it's very rare, but in typically when this is happening, it's again, these synthetic estrogen, these xenotoxins that are mimickers that are causing the problem, not the natural yeah, state. Exactly. Okay. Or what's true, what the most common type of estrogen domus besides the xeno one is, is that your estrogen is completely fine. It's that you don't have progesterone because you're not ovulating very much. So now you really are in an estrogen dominant state, but you don't want to drain the estrogen because the estrogen is so important for our health. So you have to be very careful and you have to go, okay, is my estrogen fine? but it's my progesterone that's too low because then you can just bump up your progesterone through supplementation or, or hormone replacement. And, and then it'll counterbalance that growth of estrogen and you won't have those symptoms anymore. So you have to, that's another reason why you always want to test because you want to be able to see, do you really have estrogen too much estrogen or is it just too little progesterone? And then if you, the estrogen is high, where, why is that? You know, it's not, is fit as easy as just take, you know, deandal methane and be on your way because you need to be watching where in the detox pathways is it getting caught up and why aren't you getting rid of it? And then you deal with that 
So it's very complicated. I've done lots of stuff on it on my own podcast for people to go listen to, but basically, so we got the, you know, perimenopause to menopause, we started to lose that estrogen. And that's where we start to see a, a lot of health problems starting to happen because estrogen, we have receptors for estrogen on every organ in our body. And that means that as you lose your estrogen, you can lose a lot of function, like healthy function of all of these organs in your body. So we typically see, for instance, women's blood sugar going up as they start to lose their estrogen. Estrogen helps us to be insulin sensitive. It helps the transport of glucose in the system. So we have to, you know, be very careful not to drain the estrogen because it can actually, estrogen can be a fat loss hormone. And most people don't know that. And this is why women gain weight in perimenopause because our body is so freaking smart that it says, I can't live without this estrogen. It's too important. So your body will put fat on because it can make a type of estrogen through your fat cells. And this is called estrone. Estrone is a little bit more of an inflammatory estrogen. It can be more dominant. So there's two types of um, estrogen receptors, which are called alpha and beta. Alpha is the strong one, beta is the softer one. So estrone will react more on that alpha, which just means you're going to get a stronger estrogen signaling in the body. So so many women that are listening are going, yes, that's me, because I would say probably eight out of 10 women will gain weight in this perimenopausal phase because Mm -hmm. of this loss of their hormones. First, the progesterone goes, which can definitely put on a couple of pounds. But when that estrogen goes, I've seen women anywhere from 10 to 50 pounds in a year. They'll gain. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like this phantom weight gain. They can't figure it out. Yep. And it's all in their stomach. It just just hit me because like for me, I know one of the reasons why we're overweight as a country, obese and morbidly obese now, uh, over 80% of us, is because you know we have a lack of nutrition in the soil. Soil's been farmed out, right? And then you eat this food that's 85% deficient, and then you have poor digestion issues, right? So a lot of it's not even getting into the bloodstream, maybe only 10 to 30% of it. But then it gets into the bloodstream, and then we have the cellular inflammation blocking it to get in the cell. We have poor fat or lipid membranes blocking it to get in. And we also have a lack of hydration, just simply not drinking enough water. So the cells aren't hydrated, so they can't bring nutrients in that well. And now I'm, it just hit me on top of it when women are um, low on estrogen, they're actually losing organ function. They are. So that, that right there is another thing so that you're getting less organ function, which means less absorption on the cellular level of your nutrients. And so all of your cells are running around, I'm starving, I'm starving, go eat. And this is why you have all these like hunger cravings and you eat, eat, yes. eat, eat. It's just one more reason that you can, you eat all you want, but you're eating food that's really not that high quality. And that's why you're overweight, yet your cells are still starving for the true nutrition because it's just not in the food. As cells are having absorption issues, digestive tract issues. And now on top of it, it just hit me that it's like these estrogen receptors, it's lowering organ function in women. So yeah, uh, yeah. And even makes because we have it in our hunger centers in our brain, we have estrogen receptors. So you'll actually can become leptin resistant 
on top of being insulin resistant. And also you're just, you're driven to eat more and have more cravings. Estrogen is needed for the process of making serotonin. So now you're depressed. So what are you going to do when you're depressed? You're not going to eat well, you're going to eat like crap. You're going to tap dance, right? You're going to start tap dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you replace the estrogen, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, so it's usually go for the Haagen-Dazs is probably what it is. Ah, hell with it. I don't care anymore. I can't lose 100%. weight anyway. Give me some ice cream. Yeah. And women are always going beating themselves up because they're like, why can't I control my eating? Why can't I eat better? I, I, you know, I go on a health kick and I end up falling off by the end of the week and I just want to eat everything in sight. And it's like, maybe it's not you, maybe it's your hormones. Like it's not your willpower. And so if you can support those hormones, it's so much easier to eat well, because it's going to help with every process in your body, mind, physical, the organs, everything is going to be dependent on these hormones. And we literally start dying as we lose our hormones. It is what drives death. I mean, they just came out with a study last year and out of Arizona, where they looked at over 4,000 women and women that replaced their estrogen with bioidentical transdermal estrogen for six years or longer had a decrease in Alzheimer's and dementia um, from developing it by 75%. That is huge for something that doesn't have a cure to it. That's massive. So that just shows well, just how important know. it is for the brain, estrogen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yes, it has some dietary, it's, it's toxic chemicals as well that, totally. you know, but hormones literally, when you lose them, you literally start dying. So it, it is a very important thing. A lot of women will say, yes, but it's natural for us to go through menopause. It's natural for, for us to have, you know, the loss of hormones. And it's like, mm, but it's not natural for us to live in the environment that we're living in with all the toxins and it's stress, like stress, the stress, 5G, that we have. smart exactly. meters, exactly. Wi-Fi. Yes. Crazy yes. relatives. Yeah. And we're living longer than we've ever lived. We, we used to die at menopause. That was the typical age for women to live to was in their, you know, 40 to 50 was the typical age that we would die. And so we're living longer than ever so we should have our hormones if we want our vitality. I really believe that. What other uh, symptoms are people, women dealing with perio and perimenopause and menopause? Um, a lot of women will get very depressed and anxiety ridden. Um, there is a big risk of, um, not a big risk. There is a risk of suicide, That there's a lot of women that will say that they literally wanted to end their life because they were suffering so bad, which is really sad. Uh, when you start to lose the estrogen, you can get a very foggy brain where you can't talk right, you can't formulate sentences, you're forgetting things. Um, that really affects women that are in the job in a job that you know takes them using their brain, <laughs> which is most jobs out there. So yeah. a lot of women will end up losing their job or leaving their jobs because they can't cope anymore and they're not getting the help that they need. Uh, uh, vagina atrophy, um, low libido, hundred percent. I mean, women don't realize how much estrogen has to do with sex drive. And even for men, it had the estrogen is needed for their testosterone to work properly. And for them to have a sex drive as well, just not too much, right? We always want that Goldilocks amount, but, um, when women start to lose the estrogen, though, the, the vagina tissue really needs estrogen 
to, to be lubricated. And then we also need estrogen to actually want to do the act of sex. So testosterone will make you want to go out and get it. Estrogen will actually make you want to have the act of it. So it's extremely important. So a lot of women, they'll replace their testosterone thinking it's going to be the answer to their, all their loss of libido that's happened as they're aging and then realize that's not it, that that doesn't do anything for them. And it's because they needed the estrogen in there for vaginal lubrication and for the sex drive as well. So very. So is this, is this why when women age, uh, besides the losing the lubrication, the vaginal walls is that the vaginal walls actually get thinner. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll actually tear, you'll get micro tears yeah. in it. So sex mm -hmm. can be excruciatingly painful for women. Um, I've had what some clients whose vagina has literally like, it's like, it's closed. It like shuts <laughs> because it's, it's just like, so, I'm done. It's so dry. It's like, no, okay, <laughs> I'm, done. I'm See? shutting down See See you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. And there's so much help to be had around that. And so women, they really need to hear that if you are experiencing any of these terrible symptoms that you don't have to be experiencing them, there is a solution to all of the things that I'm talking about here today. There's a book title for you. If my vagina could speak, I want yeah. royalties off that. <laughs> if your what vagina shuts down, here's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's, there's another side of that too, because you know, it's like, there's so much, everything's like so sex focused in our, in our society yet at the, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, there's a point in time, you know, when you would, you, you need to have sex because you procreate and you have children and that keeps the species moving along. But, you know, as you get older, there's nothing wrong with being intimate. It's a, it's a nice thing, but it, you know, it, it's just more where we should be transitioning more into more of our meditation practice and our spiritual practice. And there's other things on this world to experience besides sex. And, yeah. um, I've been going through this thought process just actually recently myself as, you know, being a guy that's always like, ah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, now, and now it's like, you know, reading, I've been reading some books about it and, and I've really been contemplating it and, you know, uh, just, you know, and I think back to like think and grow rich and it was called sex transmutation. He was like, you know, taking all that sexual energy and transmuting it into your career and stuff like that. And it's amazing what you can accomplish. There's a lot of power involved in that. And then semen retention and there's all these different topics yes. to talk about yeah. for guys. But um, yeah, we, we just want to have a healthy body. We want to be able to use it, have sex with it when we need to with our, our loving partner. Um, but it's not like the end all be all right thing. There's other things to talk about here. So if you're in a situation maybe where, yeah, you've had hormone issues, perimenopause, you're in menopause now, and you can get some of your health back, but maybe it doesn't come back like it would before. And, you know, maybe your partner's a little frustrated. Maybe that's where a conversation could be happening. You guys could start doing some other stuff, maybe some, you know, more of a tantric uh, yoga and stuff like that and, 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 and trying to meditate and, and, and doing other special things together um, besides making that sex that big focus because it's on the other side too with guys because, you know, over 40, 50% of men over 40 have ED now, erectile dysfunction. And um, it, it's, it's like a huge ego thing. So being able yeah. to get past the ego and loving that person for the being that they are, not just because they have a vagina or a penis, um, is maybe a good wake-up call on top of all of this. Not that we don't want those things to work and have fun with it because this is life and we want to experience it. But I think there's just a, a deeper spiritual thing to pick up on here mm -hmm. um, in, in, that situation, in that situation. And there's, why not 
to make lemons out of lemon lem- or lemonade out of lemons here, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, see it as an opportunity rather maybe than- we can, a, Maybe we can deepen our relationship uh, yes. on a spiritual level, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it really bothers a lot of my clients because for them, it's a very sad thing, especially if they used to have a sex drive and they used to have a very healthy sex life with their partner. And now suddenly they don't even want to be touched anymore. It might hurt really bad. They have no sex drive. They're emotional. And they're just like, oh, they can't see it the same way anymore. They're like, oh, and it's really upsetting for them because it affects their relationship. And so you're right. Like, yeah, you know, use the hormones, but also see this as an opportunity to maybe shift gears in your sex life and see it as something different. Women, as we age, it's, we can age and this can be the best time of your life. It doesn't have to be all of these terrible things that I'm talking about. It can, it's the, when you're the wisest or typically it's when you know yourself the best it's and same with men too. Like we really come into our own when you're in your forties, fifties and beyond it's, it can be this amazing time for who you are and who you are in with your relationship with your partner. It can be an amazing time. So see it as a, as an opportunity to grow and maybe go to a different level. I think that that's great, Tim. And the other thing too, is like, understand that I, I call it a check body light, right? So if you are overweight, you're on medications, um, you have hot flashes, you know, you have erectile dysfunction, whatever it is, all these things are different check body lights. So when this stuff happens, it's your body communicating to you, hey, you need to change your environment and the inputs. That's it. It's a very clear signal, but a lot of times we ignore it and we just keep our head buried and we work, work, work and take care of kids and the family and the husband and and vice versa and do all this stuff we got going on and then a wheel falls off and then we're going to a broken medical system. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. Or it's women specifically at this time in their life. And when these things start to happen, what they typically do is look to the diet or the exercise to fix the problems. And you just, you cannot, I mean, diet has to be foundational. You have to have a clean diet, no matter what, to have all these things work best, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't diet or exercise out of ovarian failure. You can't, it's going to happen to every single one of you that your ovaries are going to stop making these vital hormones. And so we, we are so brainwashed and so hyper-focused on, well, what diet should I do next to get myself out of this health situation? When you have to start looking at, a, at the bigger picture and going beyond that quick fix, because it's not a quick fix. You, like I said, when it came to myself, it was like a two-year journey. And like I, women are going through perimenopause for 10 years. So you have to this has to be for the long haul. Yeah, you've got to eat right, but you got to eat right for whatever hormone dysfunctions you have, not the next best diet. It's what is going on for you and your hormones. That's the diet that you should be doing at that time. You know, what supplements should you be taking? What bioidentical hormone replacements should you be on? How should you be detoxing your body? Which phases of detoxification aren't doing very well? Are you stressed out? Are you too high cortisol? Are you too low cortisol? Are you missing in minerals and vital, you know, vitamins? And what is it for you? We have to start tailoring these things to the person, not this blanket solution. I think it has to go. Yeah, absolutely. We don't really believe in one size fits all medicine over here at all. 
Good. So this is a good segue because um, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into some of the solutions for women dealing with peri, menopause, and menopause. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back again with my guest, Karen Martell, and we've been talking about perimenopause and menopause and ovarian stuff going on with women as you age and um, the weight gain and all these side effects and the sex drive lowering. And, and so I think we covered a lot of the symptoms and stuff that's, that's happening because of what's going on here in this crazy, polluted, stressed out world we're living in. So what are, let's just walk through what are some of the basic things, you know, at the 30,000 foot level that um, women can start doing to improve this situation. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your younger years, you're in your early forties, late thirties, and you're just starting to feel these symptoms that I'm talking about here today, there's a lot that you can do through diet, exercise, supplementation. There's um, great products out there. That's going to help with, you know, supporting the adrenal system. This is a really key time to start supporting your adrenal system. We are not as resilient as we were in our twenties when it comes to our cortisol levels and DHEA. So now is the time to start looking, you know, get tested, start to see where your hormones are right now. If you're starting to feel those symptoms. So you can say, Oh yeah, look, my progesterone is a little bit low. So, you know, I better maybe start taking some Vitex. Vitex is a great supplement that can help your own body's production of progesterone. Vitamin C is a really good product for it to help with progesterone and with cortisol. So look, see what it is that you need and then tailor that supplementation to exactly what your hormones are doing. Because a lot of people will just be like, oh, look, there's this great adrenal supplement. I'm going to take this for my adrenals because my hormones are wacky or because I'm stressed out. Well, most adrenal supplements, they're just throwing in whatever they want into these things. They're going to have stuff in there that's going to raise cortisol, stuff in there that's going to lower cortisol. You got to be really specific because you don't want to be taking something that's going to lower your cortisol if you're in adrenal insufficiency. So find out because a lot of the symptoms overlap each other. So find out and then tailor that supplementation and that diet because once again, if, you know, for instance, you've got low thyroid, you've got tanked adrenals, you know, low progesterone, you don't want to be doing a ketogenic intermittent fasting, like crazy carnivore diet. No way that's going to drive all of those things farther into the ground. Like I was doing, remember? So be very careful. You know, if it's something like that, then you want to be eating a more nourishing diet with a little bit more carbohydrates in it, low inflammatory still. So you're going to tailor whatever is going on with your hormones at that time to whatever diet you should be doing. And then if you're getting to the phase where it's like, okay, now you're 45, you, your progesterone's tanked, your estrogen's starting to go a little bit haywire. At that point in time, 
once again, you can't diet your way out of this. So that would be at the time that you would look and explore um, replacing the, your hormones. And you would start with what it is that you need. So you, once again, you test, you see, okay, progesterone is low. So then you could start with the help of your physician going on some bioidentical, which means it's the exact same as your body, progesterone. And that is going to really help with a lot of those initial symptoms. It's like some women, it's like within 24 hours, they're going, oh my gosh, I feel so much better because it's so calming. It can help them to sleep better then, which then helps them to eat better. It helps with insulin sensitivity and water retention and all of these things. So that can be a real game changer right there. And then as you get older, then you can start as if your estrogen's dropping and it's low, then you can start to explore phytoestrogens first, I think is always really important. So you could start with things like black cohosh, um, sage is a good one. Don Quay is a really good one. So you, you can get these menopause supplements that have these amazing phytoestrogens and, and they'll act very mildly on those estrogen receptors and give you a lot of relief. So that can help relieve the hot flashes and night sweats and the, some of the emotional instability. And so that can kind of take you through that middle section and then once you get into menopause, you can look at starting to replace your estrogen. They say you've got like a 10-year a window. It's That's based on old uh, HRT, uh, like Premarin. That's where the, the old HRT is Premarin, which is pregnant horses estrogen from their urine. <laughs> So that used to be how you would replace your hormone. Your estrogen specifically was from Premarin. Used to be the number one most prescribed medication in North America in the 1950s, which I think is very interesting. So not that, um, but the studies, most of the studies have been on Premarin, unfortunately, but that showed that if a woman replaced her estrogen 10 years post-menopause, that's when she would get the most health benefits out of it. But what the research shows when you collect it all together with the bioidentical and the Premarin is that women that replace their hormones for 10 years post-menopause have a 30% reduction of all-cause mortality. They have a reduction in breast cancer. They have a reduction in uterine cancer as long as they're not using fake progestins. That's different. Fake progestins is what increases your risk of all of those cancers. Taking oral estrogen will increase your risk of heart attack and stroke, but there's no increase if you're using it transdermally and it's bioidentical. So you want to make sure you're on the right stuff. You're working with a knowledgeable practitioner about this and you're replacing what you need. And that's going to be different for every single woman. There's some women that need to go really high amounts with these bioidentical hormones, other women that need to go very low amounts. So that you want to be detoxing quarterly, the liver, you want to make sure that your gut is super healthy because you don't want to be recirculating estrogens in the body. You don't want to be drinking as much. That's huge for women. When you're in your forties and beyond alcohol really needs to get the heck. All right. Out. Now, hold on a second here because I can hear, I can hear the <laughs> okay, women I know. listening like, what about they, my they're, wine? They're just going to cover their ears. It's like my wine is my safe spot. Yeah. My wine is I, I hang out with my girlfriends. I, I, I my life revolves around my wine. What do you got to yep. say to that? There is a higher risk of developing breast cancer from alcohol than there is from estrogen replacement. And most women are petrified to do estrogen replacement because they think it's going to increase their risk of breast cancer, but they have no problem drinking wine every single day 
or taking birth control pills, which will give you way higher chance of breast cancer than estrogen replacement. Well, so mm-hmm. that's what I have to say to that, but your liver, you just can't take it anymore. Your liver can't take it. You're cause if you're drinking all the time, your liver is going to have to process that alcohol before it's going to process your hormones, which means the hormones are going to start to get recirculated in the body. And that's not good. And so we know that even like a couple glasses a week raises your risk of breast cancer. So up to you, but now <laughs> it's got to be something that I think society has to change. It's a huge issue. I mean, it's, it's so much more cool to drink than not to drink. Um, we're seeing it on TV right now where every single woman now that's on TV has a, has an alcoholic drink in her hand at 24 mm-hmm. seven. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's like, it's really destroying people. It is. I have a friend right now who's super talented, witty, very talented uh, person. I'm not going to name names or nothing, but that person has literally drank themselves into what I call learned helplessness. He just can't function. And now his brain's playing tricks on him and all this stuff. And and it's just, it's sad watching it. And he's like, well, but it makes me feel good. I'm like, yeah, when you're buzzed and drunk, cause it's masking your pain that's caused by what you're drinking. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're drinking your problems. Like yeah. literally you're, you're causing your problem with, with the alcohol. So not bashing on alcohol. You want to have a glass of wine here or there, but if you got some yeah. serious hormonal issues and you're miserable, then yeah, maybe you should take a look at that. But the problem is, is that when you, there's all this emotional crap underneath all of it. Yeah. And as it's always trying to come up and always really trying to heal you when you do, that's when you eat the ice cream or you go to the wine because they both of them convert to sugar and you're pushing the emotions back down with food, which is the dope or the wine. That's a dope, or maybe you're smoking dope to push them down. It just kind of depends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people right, use switch. it as like a stress release and it's, you have to look yeah. at the big picture and figure out other ways to, to yeah. do that. Yeah, if you want to reduce stress, get an infrared sauna, learn to meditate, learn to do breath work, get your ass out in nature, yes. go to the beach, get in the forest, just go outside and put your ground, get your feet in the grass. Summer's here. Okay, let's switch gears here. Now let's talk about some of the foods to avoid and some food solutions that you've <laughs> uh, discovered in your in your um, journeys. Yeah, I definitely think that as much as I'm for, like, I think everybody needs to find the diet that's going to work for them. I have seen that, you know, primal based diets definitely seem to be best for women that are in this stage of their life, because we are, all of us are going to have some degree of blood sugar dysregulation as we age. Same with men. Um, you typically see cholesterol going up, blood sugar issues going up um, in both men and women as we age, and that's going to happen. So you have to go with a lower carb diet. I definitely think that that's seems to be best for most people, um, low inflammatory. So that's why I go with, you know, a paleo. Some women need to do kind of keto paleo together. Um, I created from my own programs, um, basically like a carb cycling program so that you're kind of going in and out of, you know, normal carbohydrate intake to, to low carbohydrate. Because, when you say carbohydrate, can you define yeah. what are the carbs you're talking about? Cause there's a difference between having a piece of broccoli versus having a potato or white rice because both are considered carbs, but completely different outcomes in the body. Yes. And so I, I, t- I tend to stick with the paleo based carbs. So things like fruit, sweet potato, potato, uh, starchy veggies, you know, carrots, beets, squash, things like that. Um, definitely that seems to 
be what works best for women. Um, I see, I've seen a lot of women destroy their hormones in the last couple of years because they went too low carb, um, did fasting too much and went to, you know, or they went carnivore. Um, I've seen women lose their periods. I've seen them go into menopause early, gain a bunch of weight from it in the end, right? After they've lost the weight, they gain it all back. So it can be really, it can very much so affect uh, the female hormonal system if you go too low carb. So you have to be very careful. So that's why I find that that cycling seems to work best. And especially when it comes to women's weight loss, we need to do that kind of up and down, you know, with our calories, with our carbs, um, prioritize protein. I think we need more protein as we age. I know we need more protein as we age. That's proven. So you prioritize protein and then you've got, you know, if you're, if you do have insulin resistance, um, maybe you have estrogen dominance, you've got high cortisol, then going a little, you know, you can go lower carb then, but if you've got thyroid adrenal stuff happening, then you want to make sure that you're eating more of those healthy carbs in the diet. And in, I, I see that working best and not overdoing the fasting. Like I think intermittent fasting should be part of it. Um, different degrees for different people though. Okay. What percentage of food by weight do you recommend be living foods? Things such as sprouts or sprouted nuts, seeds, grains, and beans. Um, I don't typically recommend a ton of beans, um, only because they're high in carbohydrates and they can be inflammatory for women. So most of my ladies are coming to me because they want to lose weight. So I've just seen that work best where they remove grains and legumes out of the diet. Are you familiar with the difference between a dormant grain or bean versus a sprouted yes. grain or bean? Yes. Oh yes. I've done the, what was the, what was that book called? The, it was my first book on kind of primal based diets, Weston prices that where it was like everything sprouted. Yeah. Great. If you want to do it like that, I think you can for sure. I think that's the best way to do it. If you're going to eat grains and beans is to make sure everything's sprouted first. Um, but I don't, um, I don't get into that part. No. Okay. Yeah. So for I us, think it's great I know though. Our, our, I'm just, I'm just saying, cause our <laughs> listeners food for thought is that, you know, when you're eating something like a sprout, cause I'm a huge proponent. I've, I've grown sprouts commercially. Um, I was delivering them to 40, 50 cancer patients a week. The Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida is kind of the home base center for the living food program. And I've seen people for 67 years go and heal by the boatloads of all kinds of issues, hormonal and stuff. And what's really interesting is that when you're eating the a living food, mm -hmm. these living foods have micronutrients that, you know, vegetables that were picked, you know, even a week or two ago that are shipped 1,500 to 2,500 miles, they lose. Because as soon as you pick them, you know, these micronutrients start dropping. These are things like hormones, oxygen, phytochemicals, and enzymes. And I remember, I think it was the University of Berkeley, they did a test where they, they took a head of lettuce and, they, and they, they were testing the enzyme activity like when the roots were actually in the ground. They harvested the lettuce and they waited like 32 minutes and then they tested again. It was a 50% drop in enzymes. Yeah. So yeah, the hormones, the oxygen, that. the enzymes, and the phytochemicals, these micronutrients that have the ability to prevent reverse disease are gone. Uh, you have to eat them on the spot, right? You have to eat them on the spot. And when you cook them, you knock out 95 to 100% of them. If you picked it on the spot and then cooked it. So this is why I believe raw and even living foods is very important because when we're talking about balancing out hormones, foods bring in just like hundreds of thousands of phy phytochemicals and hormones that have the ability to go in and regulate our own hormonal function. 
So we've seen like tremendous results with people when they're doing, when we, we start bumping in the sprouts. And, yeah. And, and, like broccoli it's, it's, sprouts is excellent. Excellent. Yeah. For estrogen yeah, and all, and, breakdown. And all, and, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So oh, um, I think it is like, if we could all eat that way, I think that that's how we should be eating. Like I loved Western prices stuff and we should every, you know, fermented foods, sprouted foods, fresh foods, like grow your own food. It's just that very few people in this day and age will do it. And it's unfortunate. Well, um, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think the reason why they don't do it is because number one, they don't know about it. There's no awareness around it. And then what little awareness they have, they the newspapers have scared them away because they said you're gonna eat a sprout and die of E. coli and salmonella, even though that you know four times the amount of people get E. coli and salmonella yeah. poisoning from eggs every year. But I digress. So the point is, is like, and what's causing E. coli and salmonella? Because the, the those seeds were probably grown in animal manure. So you just do organic veganic farming, no animal manure, and you have no problems. I've had no issues with E. coli and salmonella, and I've been growing sprouts by the boatload for for eleven years. Right. And it's a main staple. So you can actually grow food in your home, guys, for pennies. This is some of the most powerful medicine on the planet. This is why places like Oregon State University, one of the top phytochemical researchers in the world, they're studying these phytochemicals. Right. Wheatgrass, as an example, I think it was in 2012, they had found over 74,000 phytochemicals of wheatgrass and counting that have the ability to prevent and reverse disease. So nature has the answer. It's in there. And on top of it, I think the reason why we don't have Karen on here today is like, I just wanted you guys to really think about, um, you know, the testing component of it, more awareness around perimenopause and menopause and, and give you hope that you're not mm. stuck, that you no. can actually, there are people out there that have been through it like Karen, they're helping other people and you can use her as a resource and, and see what she has to help you like go through this as well. And I mean, we do it over here too. We help people with, with this kind of stuff, but you know, I'm not really into the testing stuff yet. We're, we're, we're looking at all that right now. I'm becoming, cause I have a doctor on staff and we're, you know, maybe bringing a couple other docs on staff and, 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 and doing more um, testing and stuff, but it's like trying to identify which tests are legit right before I'm going to put it out there and put my name to it. So yeah. anyway, I just think yeah. this will be a good episode for those dealing with this issues, thinking about it or know somebody else that's dealing with it. Um, mm -hmm. to bring awareness and some hope and some light on the subject. And maybe there's a gold nugget here that you can take. And at least if anything, realize that you're not stuck. There is a way out, whether it's through me or Karen or both of us or other people, or we can be a part of it. We definitely want to help you out with that because life is too short to go through wondering what's happening to my body. I can't figure it out. And you can't seem to get the answers from Western medicine because they don't know they either don't. and they just and they just want to hand you more synthetics so yeah and the synthetics are a big part of the problem these xenotoxins so you yep. they cause the problem and then you go in and they want to give you more synthetics so it's just kind of a it's kind of a silly thing as far as i'm concerned uh, yeah. okay karen are there any final words that you'd like to share with our listeners as we exit our conversation today yeah i think just you know reiterating what you just said and just letting your listeners know that if they are suffering or feeling these things that there is a solution and it's not, you're not typically going to get that from your medical doctor. They're not trained in hormones. They're not trained in menopause. They're not trained in perimenopause or bioidentical hormones. So make sure that you look outside the box and that you get the help that you need so that this time of your life can be one of the best times of your life, not one of the worst. Yeah, absolutely. And where do people uh, find you, Karen? 
karenmartel.com. I've got a great hormone quiz that people can start with and it breaks, gives you a meal plan from what we were just talking about today with the carb cycling. And maybe I'll have to put some sprouted stuff into them. You're right. And then my podcast, I've got over 200 episodes. It's one of the top rated weight loss podcasts on iTunes right now. So um, that's the other side of weight loss is what it's called. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, check her out guys. And I just want to send my, uh, my love and my heartfelt, um, message to you that, um, you know, you really deserve to feel, wake up and feel good. Right. And if you're not there yet, you can get there. You just, you just don't have the right information yet. And, and don't sell yourself short. Your body has the ability to heal. You can become your own doctor. You can figure this stuff out. The most important thing is prioritizing your health, making your health a priority. Once you do that, everything else will fall into place if you just don't give up on yourself and try to find other people out there that have got the results already and maintain them. Those are good people to, to learn from, you know, you don't go to the overweight dietitian and, and ask them, Hey, how do I lose weight? I don't think that's a good idea. Do you Karen? No, Pro- no. <laughs> probably not. Or go to the blind ophthalmologist to get your eyes worked on. Right. <laughs> so try to find healthy people, surround yourself with healthy people, people that are going to lift you up, that have results and people that are in support of your health, friends and family members too. Sometimes you have to be quiet around friends and family because they're like lobsters. They'll pull you back into the bucket, right? Cause they don't want to change. So anyway, I just want you guys to put yourself first, become your own doctor, learn how to self feel. That's what we do. What we do. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast. Don't forget to like share and subscribe if you haven't done that yet. And um, until next time, change yourself, change your world. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) 